Artificial intelligence and machine learning have enormous potential for banks, but their roles are too often misunderstood, and the potential for buzzword burnout is high. Meanwhile, cybersecurity dangers rage unabated, and banks often remain unsure of where they need to start. What does the road to high-tech efficiency look like? To find out, we'll talk with Matt Mills, Chief Commercial Officer at FeatureSpace. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Streamline your user experience and accelerate the online application process. In today's business landscape, consumers expect their digital transactions to be quick and convenient. Experian Instant Form Fill reduces the amount of manual entry by up to 76%, providing consumers with a frictionless and secure way to fill out applications. Visit edq.com to learn more. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and it is fantastic to have you here with us. Coming in from London, we have Matt Mills. Matt is the Chief Commercial Officer at FeatureSpace, where he's responsible for the commercial team. He's the former Global Head of Partnerships and Innovation at Orasma, where he previously worked with Martina King, who's the FeatureSpace CEO. While at Orasma, Matt won Demogod 2011 in Silicon Valley and gave the TED Talk on augmented reality on mobile, which is how had more than 2.5 million views. I am just fascinated by the idea of this TED Talk, Augmented Reality and Mobile. Tell us a little bit about that talk and what applications you might think that will have to banking in the future. Absolutely. One of the key areas that I was fascinated about when we were working with Erasmus was around practical applications of augmented reality. Because so often the appeal to adopt the technology comes from the fact that it's cool. But the issue with that is it always comes with a very short shelf life. So the whole purpose of the TED Talk was to talk about practical applications of the technology that might actually have a shelf life beyond the novelty. And I think banking is a great example of that. So it's being able to walk down a road and see how much it would cost to own a property that's on that road and get rates from different mortgage providers based on the location and your profile. Being able to get access to information like that and being able to overlay it in the world around you, that's potentially extremely powerful. But the key thing is to try and get the use cases beyond them being a a sort of gimmick over to actually being practical and useful for everyday consumers. Novelties, gimmicks, machine learning, and AI are in some corners nearing that status. What are some misconceptions about these powerful tools that you'd like to clear up? It's a great question. And one of the biggest problems with machine learning and AI is that it's seen as being something that technology companies either have or do not have. And it's everywhere. You know, it is absolutely everywhere. For those that are old enough to remember it, there was a period of time when sticking the word turbo on a consumer product somehow made it better. You got turbo sunglasses, you got turbo ovens. And the same is true of machine learning and AI. 
You can even buy consumer products now that have the label on it. It's just become a buzzword and a label. And actually, to build basic machine learning into a product is an incredibly simplistic thing for any business to be able to do. The problem is it's an extremely broad spectrum. So at FeatureSpace, we've done head-to-head POCs against vendors that have machine learning. We've done them against vendors who just use rules. And often we find that at the lower end of the spectrum of the results, the, the vendors that are using just rules-based systems are actually outperforming some of the so-called machine learning vendors because having machine learning alone is not enough to build a great product. It's essentially a gate that you have to pass through. And then beyond there, there's a wide, wide spectrum of sophisticated all the way down to relatively basic machine learning. And even within the world of sophisticated, what gives you a real edge is combining the business level knowledge with the machine learning techniques. And if you combine those two things, then you're able to get really huge performance and huge uplift. But without those things being in place, then it tends to, as you rightly say, just be a bit of a buzzword, which lots of vendors use in order to try and tick a box. Earlier offline, we spoke about how organizations need to fight fraud and friction. How can they identify key risk factors that impact their data? The first thing I would say is work on the assumption that everything is a vulnerability. This is one of the most common issues that we find working with organizations, not just banks. Historically, they've bought point solutions based on whatever was the trend of that day. So for a period of time, all fraud originated on credit cards. So you'd put in great credit card controls. Then there was the growth of malware. So people would put in malware protection. But the issue is fraud now is exploited over such an incredibly short period of time with such a high level of sophistication, finding an exploit, having a whole load of losses, going out to market to try and find a vendor to fix that gap, implementing it. All of that period of, let's say, 12 to 18 months, the reality is it's just too long. And so our advice is get an organization in that can sit across all channels, that can monitor not just for fraud that you've seen before, but also give you protection against fraud that you've never seen. And by using a combination of supervised and unsupervised machine learning techniques, this is one of the unique bits of value that our customers get from us. Because we don't just spot the types of attacks that you've seen before, but we also help protect against the things that you've never considered. And the reality is that that's really where the biggest vulnerability is. I can't imagine what it's like to protect against a fraud force that you haven't seen. Now, in the world of fraud, how have you seen banks bolster their fraud protection efforts? And how have banks done themselves a disservice in trying to keep up? It's a great question. And the reality is it's very linked to that previous point. The banks that are generally doing really well are the ones that have models that are built around good behavior. And by using very sophisticated machine learning techniques combined with behavioral profiling, it is now possible to build entity-level profiles on your customers. Now, these can't be used and won't ever be used for things like marketing. There's no concerns that customers are going to be targeted based on their personas. It's more around being able to understand their normal transaction activity so you can see deviations from it. And by being able to see those deviations, that's where you can spot the types of new fraud automatically. And then being able to do it holistically across all the channels and in real time is where you then get that additional protection. So, A, you're stopping the fraud you've never seen before on the channels that you know about. And B, 
you're also providing an additional levels of security on the channels that you've never seen fraud on before. There is also the question of keeping customer experience balanced with customer safety. When will a user really drop a bank if they've done something to that person's different accounts? First of all, the whole issue of false positives generally comes from poor performing models. The reason being, if my model is not performing well, if it's not performing accurately, what I will tend to do is put in some relatively broad brush rules, which will say intrinsically any transaction over 5,000 US dollars is more risky than a transaction over 1,000 US dollars. But that doesn't necessarily ring true. There may be lots of reasons why I am transacting at that level, which doesn't have anything to do with my risk profile. So we've seen, depending on the channel, a range of 14% with one card issuer as the percentage decline in activity on a card following a decline on an online channel. But we've also seen much higher. So in new markets with, with banks that we've been speaking to on things like local taxi, travel, ride sharing type applications, north of 50% decline on card usage when they do a false positive. So it can have a huge impact on a business and on a credit card portfolio. The other thing I would say about false positives is it's a common misconception that you're going to increase your false positives if you take a holistic behavioral approach and a machine learning approach. What you tend to find is that because the models have such higher accuracy, you can start to turn off a lot of the broad brush rules that sit within your systems, which will, for example, decline transactions that are with new e-commerce merchants or will decline transactions that are over a certain value because they're intrinsically more risky, which are generally also associated to very emotional purchases for consumers, which tend to be the ones where you're going to lose that consumer. So I would point out that, yes, you're absolutely right, you will see the decline. But don't think that this approach that we're talking about is necessarily going to have that impact. If anything, you're likely to see the opposite. Now, let's assume for a moment that a banker comes to you and they say, Matt, I am sold on this. I have no idea where to start. What would you tell them? There's two things. One is around taking a behavioral anomaly detection type approach to a channel that you already know has fraud and the other being the more holistic one. And we see banks going with either route. Generally speaking, the larger organizations, they tend to come to us and they want to bite off a single channel first. So let's say you've got credit cards, credit card portfolio is okay, but let's say on card not present, online transactions, you're getting very poor performance out of your current system. Well, that's somewhere where we could come in and help you just bite off something small. And you could see how that approach produces a real incremental benefit over what you're doing today. And then gradually from there, build a business case to roll out across the business. With smaller organizations, the fraud can be more complex. We especially see this with digital-only banks because there is the ability to create quite a complex fraud across multiple channels in a very short period of time because there's no opportunity to go or to force a consumer to go into a branch to validate. And so with those organizations, we would tend to recommend going holistic on day one, because that will give you protection against the scariest and most expensive types of fraud that you're going to see. Fraud is scary, but I hear a very reassuring voice on the other end of the line. Fantastic advice. Matt, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Matt Mills is the Chief Commercial Officer at FeatureSpace. He is based in London. Be sure to look for Matt on LinkedIn. 
And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, one of the biggest problems in the fintech space is when companies regard machine learning and AI as features they do or don't have. In fact, AI machine learning as terms are akin to turbo, a big buzzword of a previous generation. Bear in mind that machine learning alone isn't enough to build a great product. Banks must use it as a gateway to pass-through that goes turbo, if you will, when applied to business-level techniques. Number two, you must work on the assumption that vulnerability to fraud is everywhere. Where once the issue was just credit card fraud, the bad actors consider any channel and any product as unfair game for attack. And it happens in a short burst of time. If you're thinking of 12 months to build up defenses, that's way too long. But with machine learning, banks can and will fight fraud forces that you've never even heard of. And number three, false positives come from poor performing models. For example, a transaction that gets flagged when it surpasses a certain amount, say $5,000. The objective, turn off broad brush rules. Consumers do get upset when their accounts are affected. In fact, 14% of card issues decline in use due to false positives on online channels. That can have a huge and hurtful effect on a credit card portfolio. You spend time and money to acquire new checking account holders, many of which remain inactive due to the inconvenience of moving direct deposits and automatic payments from their previous financial institutions. ClickSwitch enables your account holders to quickly, safely, and securely switch primary accounts to your financial institution. This account holder acquisition technology revolutionizes the way your financial institution can attract and retain new primary account holders by automating, streamlining, and simplifying the process of bringing new account holders on board. Visit ClickSwitch.com to learn more. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you... The Aha Moment, where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their career. What's it like to work in a corporate camera in the presence of a poised king? Here, Matt Mills talks about how his ongoing relationship with Future Space CEO Martina King has made a huge difference in how her commitment to people has created success and growth everywhere she goes, including for Mills. Listen. Martina King and I had actually worked together at a previous company, and she is one of the most extraordinary people that anyone is ever likely to meet. She's truly incredible. She takes a very different approach to business, something that I've never really seen in my career before then, which is really around people. And it's very odd in a technology environment to have someone who is so obsessed with people. But what she's done is she's helped grow very successful businesses by just making sure that the team all work together really, really well. And that approach that she's taken has made her incredibly successful in her career so far. And in the case of Feature Space, continues to make her successful to this day. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And here are a few reminders from yours truly and your friends at BAI. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. 
Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.